48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Judd Boaz. The headlines, the Financial Times says the decision to not renew the visa of its Asia News editor in Hong Kong is a chilling message that highlights Beijing's tightening grip on the city. There's been a pushback against the Education Secretary's suggestion that continuing to teach Chinese and Cantonese could see the city lose its competitiveness. And the concern group Unison says there's a need for tougher anti-discrimination laws in Hong Kong and hopes the government will make tackling racism a priority. The Financial Times says the government's decision to not extend the visa of its Asia news editor is, quote, a chilling message to everyone in Hong Kong. Highlighting Beijing's tightening grip on the territory, Victor Mallet, who's also a vice president of the Foreign Correspondents Club, hosted a controversial lunch talk by the pro-independence advocate Chan Ho Tin in August, and critics have linked this to the rejection of his visa renewal. The FT editorial said the incident shows the steady erosion of basic rights that are guaranteed in Hong Kong's laws and international agreements. The chairman of the Hong Kong Journalists Association, Chris Young, says that thousands of people have signed an online petition demanding an explanation from the government. Media groups are delivering their petition to the chief executive at government headquarters. We hope that our voices will be seriously heard and being considered by the government for them to reconsider the case. However, a local member of the National People's Congress Standing Committee says the decision has nothing to do with free speech or press freedom in Hong Kong. Tam Yu Chung says the Director of Immigration has the right to make such a decision without offering any explanation. He says it's handled the same way in other countries. He added he doesn't know if the decision had anything to do with the FCC talk, but if it did, he believes the government's action would be appropriate as part of its zero-tolerance policy against independence calls. A Chinese language expert has rebuffed Education Minister Kevin Young's suggestion that continuing to use Cantonese to teach Chinese could see the SAR lose its competitive edge. University of Hong Kong professor Te Shek Kam says teaching in Cantonese actually helps students to learn the language better. Professor Te, who heads the university's Center for Advancement of Chinese Language Education and Research faculty, says there's plenty of evidence to show that using Putonghua could hinder students. In Hong Kong, we all understand that we have to learn English, Cantonese, Putonghua well, okay? So the matter is whether we use Putong as medium instruction, whether it is really effective. We found that it's not very. For instance, in Hong Kong, in some primary school, when they teach Chinese in Putong, they just keep reading and reading, correcting the pronunciation. So it's really low level of uh, teaching instead of high level of comprehension, okay? The concern group Unison says there's a need for much tougher anti-discrimination laws in Hong Kong. Chief Secretary Matthew Cheung has been quoted as saying there will be many new measures for non-Chinese students in the chief executive's policy address. Unison's executive director, Phyllis Cheung, says she hopes the government will make tackling racism a priority. The foremost is amending the race discrimination ordinance. There are now four discrimination ordinances in Hong Kong, and the racial discrimination ordinance is the weakest of all, whereby it does not cover the exercise of government functions and powers. So we really hope the government will give us a timetable so they can be a lead in the community to not discriminate any ethnic minorities. Train services on the East Rail Line have returned to normal following a suspension this morning after a man jumped from a platform at Fanling. 
Train services between Taiwo and Changshui were suspended for about an hour after the incident at 8am. Trains on the rest of the line were also seriously disrupted, running at 15-minute intervals at some stations. There were long queues at the major interchange station Taiwai. The MTR arranged shuttle bus services for affected passengers. Top government officials have bid a final farewell to the late Nobel Prize laureate Charles Cao, who passed away last month. Those in attendance at the Hong Kong funeral home this morning included Chief Executive Carrie Lam, Justice Secretary Teresa Cheng, and Education Chief Kevin Young. Professor Cao, who was known as the father of fibre optics, died on the 23rd of last month. He was 84. China says it's investigating Meng Hongwei for suspected wrongdoing after the head of Interpol and Chinese Vice Minister for Security were reported missing in France. The statement by the National Supervisory Commission, an anti-graft body, was the first official word from China since his disappearance late last month. Robert Kemp reports. In a terse statement, the watchdog said Mr Meng is suspected of violating the law. Yesterday, Mr Meng's wife told reporters in the French city of Lyon, where Interpol is based, that he had sent her an image of a knife on September the 25th, the last time she had heard from him. Last week, a French judicial official had been reported as saying Mr Meng had flown to China. On Saturday, Interpol made a formal request to Beijing for information about Mr Meng. Interpol said later that Mr. Meng had resigned as president of the organization and that South Korean national Kim Jong-yang would become its acting president. Leading climate scientists have said politicians and society must act rapidly to prevent the world experiencing a dangerous rise in temperature. A report on the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, released at its meeting in South Korea, said massive changes will be needed to keep global warming to below 1.5 degrees Celsius. Dr Deborah Roberts is one of the authors of the report. It is feasible if we all put our best foot forward, and that's the message of this report, is no one can opt out anymore. So we have to redistribute our financial resources in order to meet those particular challenges. We all have to fundamentally change the way that we live our lives. We need to change the way we take um, policy decisions and the kind of policies we put in place. So we can't remain remote from the problem anymore. The BBC's Matt McGraw has the details of the report. There are two key messages in this long-awaited report. The first is that keeping below 1.5 degrees has huge benefits, saving millions of people from flooding and preserving highly endangered species like coral reefs. The second is that staying under 1.5 will require massive changes to almost everything we do, from the way energy is generated to the food we eat and the lives we live. Scientists say the goal is possible if politicians act rapidly. Otherwise, the world will experience dangerous climate changes that will impact rich and poor alike. The official news agency of North Korea says the country's leader, Kim Jong-un, has praised his talks with the U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. It said Mr. Kim called the discussion in Pyongyang yesterday productive and wonderful. The agency also reported that Mr. Kim had given a detailed explanation of his proposals on denuclearization. From Seoul, the BBC's Laura Bicker reports. 
Mike Pompeo said it had been a good meeting, a productive meeting with Kim Jong-un. We heard from unnamed American officials in the pool report that they said it had gone better than last time. Now, remember, Mike Pompeo's third visit, he didn't manage to see Kim Jong-un. Uh, and certainly when it comes to that visit, the North Koreans accused the US of making gangster-like demands. So it did seem that at that point, the relations were going off the rails a little bit. So it does seem to feel like there's some kind of progress at least. Police in Turkey are continuing their investigation into the unexplained disappearance of the Saudi Arabian journalist Jamal Khashoggi from the Kingdom's consulate in Istanbul. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan said he's personally following the progress of the case. The BBC's Mark Lowen reports. One would have thought that if they were making such a bombshell allegation, such an explosive claim, that they would not do so without really believing that they have credible facts and evidence behind them. Bear in mind that the leaks from the investigation so far say that this was a premeditated murder, that there was involvement of a Saudi hit squad, some 15 Saudi officials who came from Riyadh to Istanbul and went back on the same day, and that the body was removed afterwards. The Saudis fiercely denying it, saying that he left the consulate, Mr Khashoggi, after his appointment, and that nothing untoward happened. The Syrian President Bashar al-Assad has said the deal between Russia and Turkey to create a demilitarized zone in Idlib province is only a temporary measure. Speaking at a meeting in his ruling Ba'ath party, Mr. Assad said he expected territory currently held by the Islamist and other rebel groups, some of which are backed by Turkey, to be back under the Syrian government control soon. The head of the UN refugee agency, Filippo Grandi, has described the exodus of Venezuelans from their country as a monumental crisis. He was speaking during a visit to the border area of neighbouring Colombia, which has received about half of two million people who fled since 2015 in the face of a severe economic crisis. Opening a new medical centre, Mr Grandi praised what he called the extraordinary solidarity extended by Colombians to help their neighbours. Brazilian's far-right presidential candidate Jair Bolsonaro has fallen short of an outright victory on yesterday's election. Mr Bolsonaro won 47% of the vote. In the second round, he will face the left-wing Workers' Party candidate Fernando Haddad, who's taken 28% of the vote. Mr Bolsonaro's party has done better than expected in elections for Congress and state governors. The BBC's Katie Watson reports from Sao Paulo. The votes are still being counted, but it looks like Brazilians are going to have to wait another three weeks before they know who their next leader will be. These elections have shown just how polarised Brazil has become. Those on the right are determined not to let the Workers' Party, once led by the former president Lula da Silva, rule once again. Those on the left are desperate not to vote for a man who they feel is a threat to the country's young democracy. With official results expected in the next few hours, there's still a nervous atmosphere here in Brazil. Scientists have warned that the quality of sperm in the US and Europe is falling rapidly because men are eating too much fast food and not getting enough exercise. Research presented in the US has highlighted declines in both sperm count and their ability to swim. To financial news, mainland stocks have fallen sharply as trading resumed following a week-long Golden Week holiday. Investors have looked past Beijing's weekend announcement that it will slash the level of cash that banks must hold as reserves. Their blue-chip CSI 300 index tumbled 3.6% in morning trade, and the Shanghai Composite Index plunged just under 3%. 
A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,353. That's 220 points down on the previous close. Market turnover stands at 53 billion U.S. dollars. To currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 113.85 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar 15 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 26 cents. And now with sport, here's Adam Chung. We start with baseball. The Milwaukee Brewers wrapped up their first ever playoff sweep by beating the Colorado Rockies six nothing in Game Three of their division series. Jesus Aguilar, Eric Kratz, Orlando Arcia, and Keon Broxton each had a home run for Milwaukee, who have won 11 straight, dating back to the regular season. The Brewers held the Rockies to just two total runs in this series, and on Friday they'll be the hosts for Game One of the National. National League Championship Series against either the Los Angeles Dodgers or the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta won Game Three by a score of six-five to stay alive. To football now, the much-anticipated match between Liverpool and Manchester City ended goalless at Anfield, but it could have been a very different story. This quite possibly to win this game for Manchester City. Riyad Mahrez, he's blazed it over the crossbar. To the Manchester City fans, and it's still nil-nil. Virgil Van Dyke conceded that penalty when he brought down Leroy Sané late in the game, and Mares missed the ensuing spot kick. It means City and Liverpool retain their unbeaten records in the English Premier League. City boss Pep Guardiola says he wasn't too disappointed with the outcome. They asked me in the press conference. I'm not frustrated. So how should be frustrated for for the performance we have done in Anfield, in the personality? People don't know, but we are a so young team. The keeper is young, so and they have to leave these kind of situations for belief. Okay, we can we can compete. Chelsea maintained their unbeaten start to the season and went second in the table, behind Manchester City but ahead of Liverpool. As all three teams are now split by only goal difference, Chelsea beat Southampton three nil. Arsenal made it nine straight wins in all competitions for the first time since 2015. They cruised to a 5-1 win at Fulham. Sevilla went top of Spain's La Liga after a 2-1 victory over Celta Vigo. They're a point clear of Barcelona and Atletico Madrid, with Real Madrid a further point back in fourth. Lionel Messi scored for Barcelona, but they could only manage a one-all draw with Valencia. Atletico were one-nil winners over Real Betis. Paris Saint-Germain made it nine wins from nine games in the French league. Kylian Mbappe scored four times in 14 second half. Minutes as PSG thumped Lyon five nil, and finally in cricket, Australia struggled on the opening day of their first test since the ball tampering scandal in April. They're playing Pakistan in Dubai. Pakistan closed the opening day two hundred and fifty-five for three. Mohammad Hafiz, who's been out of the side for two years, made a century. And that's your look at sports. And that's the news from RTHK. Smoke out the window, float away. Back 
To those Tokyo nights, you keep me up wide away. We fall asleep on the floor and all she sent champagne. And I wanna fall like snowfall, just to melt on your pillow, drift away. Back to those Tokyo nights when we were so out of place. We fall asleep in my car, the songs that all sound the same. Fall like we felt for the first time in the hotel, Mr. Wayne. 